If you don't mind, I'm going to read quite a number of verses there, but I want to start in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, reading down uh, a portion of that chapter. And Paul is writing to some Christians in that area. Starts off declaring in verse 1 who he is. He said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth with all the saints which are in Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation." For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver deliver us, ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Before you seated, could we pray together one more time? Heavenly Father, it is a privilege, a blessing, and honor to be in your presence tonight. Sweet Holy Ghost, we welcome you. We need you, we desire for the moving and the power of the Holy Ghost to take charge of this service. Clear my mind of anything and everything that would hinder me from being used of you. I'm here appointed, and Lord, I know that appointment was by you, given to me by the pastor of this church. Now, God, speak to us tonight. Speak clearly, distinctly to every heart, mind, soul, and life. Help us to receive it with grateful hearts and then go and apply it and live it. Do all we can to be an example for you and be a blessing to others. Save souls, sanctify, fill with heaven, sweet Holy Ghost and fire. All you give, we'll praise you and thank you for we ask it in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing while I read those verses so much. And those verses that could be preached from tonight, but the Lord laid this hard, uh, this message upon my heart as I was praying for the camp meeting. I didn't ask God to give me just a sermon. I didn't ask Him just to give me something that maybe no one else has seen in the verses or thought about preaching. But I said, God, you give me what we have need of. You know who will be in the service. 
You know their hearts, you know their needs, you know their struggles, you know their battles, you know everything about each one of us. Give us what we have need of. And he placed this verse of Scripture upon my heart, wanting to read all of that together, those verses together, as Paul was writing the Christians a letter and encouraging them as he started there in verse 3 and comes on down through verse 4, talking about the God of comfort, how that he had comforted him so that he would be able to comfort others. And that's how God operates. He gives to us so we can share it with others. Then he comes on down and he talks to them, wanting them to know you're not the only one that's feeling troubles or pressures or trials or problems. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant or to forget or if you have not heard I want, or have heard, I want to remind you of how in verse 8, he said, we were troubled in Asia that we were pressed out of measure above strength and so much that we despaired even of life. And that verse is the Lord laid it upon my heart. I want to speak to us tonight on feeling the pressure. Just simply feeling the pressure. Just as an example or an illustration, if you're close enough and can do it and not be embarrassed, could you reach over to someone beside you and just squeeze their arm? Would you do that right now? Just squeeze their arm or their hand. And you that's having that hand squeeze, you, did you feel the pressure? Sure you felt the pressure. Was it real? Was it imaginary? Was it actuality? Was it something that you can say and know that it was for a certainty there was pressure applied upon you? Now, it might not have been a lot of pressure, but you felt that pressure as they squeezed that hand or that arm. And you knew there was an outside force that was coming against you with that force and that pressure. Even though it never got great, you knew it could have gotten worse, but you felt that pressure. I believe I can safely say this tonight, and I don't mean to say anything out of order, but I believe I can safely say this and, and be rightfully so. Everyone in this church house has at one time, and maybe is right now, and we will in the future feel some kind of pressure in our lives. There's all types of pressures that will come to us. Various and uh, some may be slight and some may be great. Even when we started school, we started out feeling the pressure of do I fit in or do I not fit in? Will I be accepted or will I not? Now, when I started school many years ago in a little bitty country schoolhouse, they had three classes in one room. And when I was in the third grade, they had only one first grader in that room. So uh, there was not a whole lot of pressure or stress there at that time. But after the third grade, they began to bust us into the city school. And that's when I began to feel the pressure. I wasn't dressed as well as those that were in the city school. And uh, the house I lived in was nothing to brag or boast about. And and could not be compared to the houses they lived in, I began to feel the peer pressure that was around me. I dealt with that all through my school years of never feeling like I really could or I ever would fit in. And then I went to work when I graduated on the job. I worked a production job. 
and the pressure of producing. They would always demand a higher quota. No matter how much you produce, they would come back. Supervisors, well, can't you do a little bit more? Or can't you produce a little bit more? I felt the pressure then to produce to have a good salary. And then all the different pressures that could be named tonight, I could stand here and possibly name yours, but there's a pressure, maybe just the stress and the tension of being around someone that you feel so inferior to. There's that pressure. Oh no, I wonder what they think about me. I feel the pressure as a minister because I know that some people have us put in a position, now you must come up to my expectation or you must come up to what I want you to produce and if you don't, you won't be one of my favorite preachers or I won't even have you on my list at all. We feel those pressures, every one of us, in some form or some fashion. Paul did, amen. But here he made the statement uh, that he felt the pressure when he was in trouble in Asia. Now I looked it up and I'm not going to cover this, just want to touch on it. I found commentaries that gave four possibilities of what he might have been referring to. Number one, he might have been referring to Acts chapter 20 where it speaks about the Jews lying in wait to kill him. Number two, it could be Acts 19. He might have been referring to the insurrection raised against him by Demetrius. And then number three, it might be in 1 Corinthians 15.32, fighting with the beast at Ephesus. And then another commentary said it could be in chapter 14 of Acts, verse 6, the persecution at Lystra. But we don't really know what Paul was actually making reference to. But you know what Paul was saying? I felt the pressure. I was pressed, whatever the situation was. I felt the pressure coming against me. Uh, the pressure means being weighted down or heavy burden or compressed or distressed under great pressure. He said we were so pressed until it was out of measure beyond the range or the limitation or the sphere of normal of being normal or moderate. It wasn't just a small pressure or a little small stress that I was under and I've seen some in altars and I've prayed with them as they have wept and begged God and I've heard them make statements as tears stream down their faces. I just cannot take this anymore. I've got to have some relief. There must be a way out of this. There's got to be an escape route from this. I've got to have some relief somewhere. I'm not going to leave us under pressure tonight if the Lord will help me. I want to tell you what God expects out of you and I when that pressure is pressing up on us. No matter who it's coming from, no matter what direction it's coming from, no matter how long it's there, God can help you and will help you. God does help us or we would not even be here I've been in some pressing times and I've been in some stressful times just like you have. Looking back, I can say if it had not been for the Lord, as Israel said, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would have been consumed. I would have been overthrown. I would have been torn down. But hey, it's not just left up to me. It's not just left up to my strength, my intellect. It's not left up to my abilities, my trainings, nor my skills. 
But there's a God that promised that He would never leave us. He would never forsake us even in the most stressful time of our life. I don't know what you're going through, but God does. I don't know what kind of pressure you're feeling right now, but God feels that pressure right with you. I don't know how you're dealing with it or how you're coping with it, but God sees and God knows and God's in the house tonight to give relief. I'm glad for a God that will not leave us to falter or fail, but He will help us through that pressure. Does anybody feel Him in the house tonight? He said we were pressed out of measure above our strength what we could physically be able to bear up under. He said we despaired even of our life, lost all hope, our confidence of some kind of outside physical help coming to our rescue. He said, but oh, it did not stop there. I felt the pressure. But on the other hand, I knew there was a God that had the answer to it all. He said, I had the sentence of death or the judicial decision or verdict handed down to me that God would make a way for me to come through that. Can I say it's not having pressure that makes us victorious, but it's learning how to trust God when the pressure is upon us and when people see you and I come through that pressing time and they see that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, and they see that we have gone to our wits end and we've tied a knot in the rope and we're just hanging on by faith. They see us holding on when others give up. They say there must be something to their relationship with God. There's got to be faith being lived and carried out in that life or they would fall by the wayside. I feel the pressure, but I know there's a God that's able to get us through it all. I feel the pressure and there may be even greater pressure at times in my life, but there's a God that will always bring us out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Can somebody raise a hand to heaven and say, my God is able to help me get through this. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. My God is able to bring me through. My God is able to loosen me by his power. And he's able to get me through every bit of this. My, my. Oh, hallelujah. He said we had the sentence, the answer. You don't trust in yourself. I read an article that um, the guy, the preacher, assembly of God preacher, forgot his name now, that got killed in the accident, had a paper he put out. What's his name? David Wilkerson. I read one of his papers and David Wilkerson said in that article that one of his buddy friend ministers how that he had fallen in sin and just he was so devastated by that and he went to the man when he heard the report said is it true he said yes and he said how could this happen to you I had so much confidence and trust in you how could this have happened to you he said I had so much pride until I would not admit that I was having a problem or that I was struggling with something oh my he said I thought I could handle it myself watch my mouth tonight hear my lips we cannot handle it by ourselves 
I don't care how big you are or how small you are, how old you are or how young you are, how experienced you are, you neither myself can handle that pressure by ourselves. That pressure will crush us. It will destroy us. It will leave us empty and it will cause us to lose our soul. But he said we have the sentence of death and that is we're not to trust in ourselves but we are to trust in the almighty God what I can do what you can do he can and he will do for us does anybody believe what I'm saying Brother Blair, I listened to you yesterday more than once or twice. You gave reference to this scripture knowing I was going to use it tonight. It said in 1 John 4 and 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. The internal, the internal must be greater than the external. I said the internal must be greater than the external or we won't survive the pressure but you've got a God greater than all you've got a God bigger than all he's higher than your mountains he's wider than your valleys he's deeper than the deepest depths he's stronger than the strongest you've got somebody in you tonight somebody say they sing it we're not going under we're not going under we're gonna overcome Somebody praise Woo, hallelujah. I feel like heaven church tonight. The devil tries to walk on you and I and crush the very life out of us. But God gives us camp meetings, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights. He gives us a time to come together and rally together, shoulder to shoulder, arm to arm, heart to heart, prayer to prayer, faith to faith, and say we're not going under. We feel the pressure, but the pressure's not going to get the best of us. Somebody praise. Somebody thank you. Hallelujah. The internal must be greater than the external. Somebody sent this little article to me. And the article said, a submarine can only go to a certain depth of the ocean depending on how much pressure the submarine can take. When we feel overwhelmed with the pressures of life, it is not because God has sent us too deep in the water. When we learn to trust Him, we'll stop saying, but God, they're not having the trouble I'm having. And that preacher's got it made and I can't hardly survive that family's got everything and I'm doing without. That one's afflicted, uh, not afflicted and I am. I mean, when we really trust God, we'll stop doing that to ourselves and realize He's not going to take us any deeper than He knows that you and I can bear to go. God has not sent us too deep, but rather because our internal strength needs increasing, He allows us to feel that pressure. The more time we spend with God, 
God, His Word. And in prayer, the internal is strengthened. The internal strength increases. And the feeling of the external seems so much less when we're greater on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with education. I need more. There's nothing wrong with training programs. I need a lot of training. There's nothing wrong with learning to better do and operate. Church programs are fine in their place. But can I tell you after we've done all of that, if we've not taken care of the internal, we can crumble under the load of the pressure. I've got to make the Sunday school grow. I've got to get a certain youth pastor in my church. I've got to get my choir better trained. I've got to learn more so I am more eloquent in the pulpit. And the internal is drying up and growing weaker. But no, it's the internal that's going to be strong enough that the external won't get to us. Don't let it get to you. I said don't let it get to you. Make it stronger inside. Oh, I'm preaching too long. I know I'm slow tonight, but just stay with me just a minute. Philippians tells us in chapter 4, verse 6, Be careful for nothing. Do not stay in need. Do not stay in want. Is that what he's saying, Brother Shannon? Be careful for nothing, but in not some things, most things, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the God of peace, which passeth all understanding. I don't know how he does it, but he just does it. I don't know when he's going to come through, but he'll come through on time. I don't know the outcome of me going through this pressing time. I just know I'm coming out. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, the God of the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Say it with me, I'm not going under. It's not going to get the best of me. I feel the pressure. It's real, I'm not ignoring it. But I'm saying there's one greater and there's one mightier that is keeping me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can I read Matthew? You know these scriptures well. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Then he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, going to verse 8 let me read a few verses there chapter 4 and verse 8 he said we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair anybody got your Bible open there 
Brother Eddie, you got yours open. I'm going to read that, and I want you to give the opposite side of it. Aren't you ready? Let's go down to verse 8. We are troubled on every side. Say it loud. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed. What, Brother Eddie? But not in despair. Verse 9. Persecuted. Thank you. Hallelujah. Cast down. Always, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest or clear or declared in our mortal body. They can see Jesus only in a life that said, I feel the pressure, but he's making the inside greater. Woo! Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Will somebody say, I'm not going under. I'm not going down. But I'm going to make it across. The pressure's not going to destroy me nor stop me now. Different responses to pressure. Elijah felt pressure. Great man of God. God used him in a mighty way. Miracles wrought by him. You'd think, well, he could never have a trouble. He could never have a problem. That great man can never have the distress that I have. But it tells us in 1 Kings 19 and 4, when Jezebel and Ahab put a bounty on his head, he ran for his life. Went out into the wilderness, found a juniper tree, and sat down under that juniper tree, and he requested that he might just die. And he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. That's how he was responding to that pressure. He did fine upon karma, though he was by himself, and he was the only one praying, and it all hinged upon his prayer of faith. If fire came down out of heaven, he did fine with that pressure. But now, just let Jezebel put a bounty on his head, and the old flesh begins to say I can't take this pressure I can't survive these threats I can't come out of this he's a king and she's a queen I can't make it and he sat down and said just let me die and God up in heaven can I just reach it like this not trying to say I know what God would say but it might have been something like this oh no you ain't gonna die you ain't gonna die Elijah you're gonna come out of that I'm not done with you. Didn't you sing that tonight in the song? I'm not finished with you. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Brother Tolbert, you're coming out. God's not through with you. God's not done with you. If he was through, he'd have took you home when you just about died. No, no, no. You feel the pressure, but oh, he's gonna get you through it. Hold on. God's gonna bring you out. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My, 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 I've told this before. Can I tell it again, Brother Shannon? I got the pastor's permission. I can tell it. Hallelujah. Brother 
Scotton. His last name was Scotton. Bruce Scott, I think he lives somewhere down here in the Jacksonville area, a black minister in the Church of God of Prophecy, preached a camp meeting. He tells us, he said he was evangelizing at this time, was down in South Georgia preaching revival in a little black church down there. Said I had a little travel trailer and said early one morning, somebody knocks on my door and said, it's a little old black lady in that service. Said, Brother Scott, and Brother Scott, are you woke? He said, Yes, ma'am, I'm woke. She said, I've got a bottle of oil. I'm going down to the hospital. I'm going to pray for the sick, and I want you to pray over this bottle of oil. He said, Yes, ma'am. I sure will. Prayed over that oil. Said she left. He said, I forgot to tell her just a little dab of do. Said she couldn't read, she couldn't write. Went on down to the hospital, ended up in the cardiac section of the hospital. People in serious condition, wires and tubes all in their body, ended up, ended up in a, a big old white man's room. Said he was lying there on the bed, wires, tubes connected to him. Looked like he was about to die. And he at first thought she was one of the hospital workers. And she said, she came to pray for me. He said, oh, you don't understand. Said, They're just waiting for me to die. He said, they've given me no hope. My heart's so bad, I'm just gonna die. That little black lady that couldn't read or write said, you ain't gonna die. I'm gonna pray for you and God's gonna heal you. He said, ma'am, you don't understand. He said, it's just a matter of time. There's nothing to be able to. She said, I said, you ain't gonna die. I'm gonna pray for you and God's gonna heal you. Poured her handful of oil, slapped it on his head. He said it felt like electricity ran through his body. Monitors went off down at the nurse's station. He began pulling tubes and wires out of his body. They rushed in and said, lay down, sir. Lay down, oh, sir, you don't need to get excited. He said, you don't understand. God just healed my body. There's not anything wrong with me. She said, oh, sir, you can't. He said, bring me my clothes. I'm going home. And they brought his clothes. He dismissed, discharged himself. And that night, brother, Scott and said I'm in the pulpit I'm in the middle of my message all at once the biggest white man I've ever laid my eyes on is standing in the doorway of the church and he said I tried to ignore him and preach anyway but said I couldn't lost my train of thought I just stopped and said sir what do you want he said I thought he was a great a wizard of the KKK come to disrupt the service. And he said, that man came down. And he said, you see that little woman over there? I was lying in the hospital nine and said, God sent her into my room. Filled her handful of oil, slapped it on my head. Little woman couldn't read her name in boxcar letters. You don't have to be literate to have faith. You don't have to be able to quote from Genesis to Revelation to have faith in God. You don't have to be trained and I'm not criticizing any of this. I'm just stating to you, if we'll trust God and obey God and leave the rest to God, he'll get us out of that pressure. We'll come up shouting a victory. We'll come up rejoicing in the Lord. Yes, I feel the pressure, but greater is he that is in here than he that is pressing against me. Can somebody raise a hand and 
He said, you get up and you eat. I brought you something to eat. He got up, he ate, he laid back down, went back to sleep, and then came back. He said, wake up. You get up and eat. You got to get something on the inside. You got to get something on the inside. You can sit around and smell it and watch everybody else eat it, and you'll lay there on a Jupiter tree, and you'll literally die. But if you get up and eat, what God brings you, you'll come out of that stress, you'll finish your mission, and you'll get home to glory. I'm preaching too long. Sorry, brother. Samson, he had pressure. Delilah pressed him. Till she vexed him. Till he told her all her heart. Told her all his heart. He gave in to the pressure. He lost the anointing. I'm going to say this not being judgmental. But just because I know enough from the word of God I can say this. When we willfully sin and go against God's word. Don't you expect that anointing to keep settling on you. You might shake a little while after. You might get a little excited after it's gone. But sometime you're going to wake up. I'm going to wake up and realize I used to have it. But I don't have it anymore. There's too many playing church. There's too many acting religious. There's too many made their mind up. I can do this without a move of God. Without a touch of God. Or without living by the Bible. It'll prove you to shame. It proved him to shame. He got up, shook himself, but he didn't know the spirit was gone. Then stop there. They took him and bound him because he had no anointing, no power of resistance. The exterior pressure had gotten to him. He's a weak man. They bored his eyes out. Put him at the meal grinding all because he gave in to that pressure. He didn't have to. I said he didn't. Oh, but he was a man. So is my husband. But he doesn't gaze at women that comes with all the top of their blouse cut out and split up to their sitting down place. He's got some integrity. I said he's got some integrity. He's got a holiness walk with God. He doesn't watch them as they wiggle when they walk. When the clothes are so tight, you can see their undergarments. He's got some integrity. And my husband can look away. Samson could have looked away. David could have looked away. My God, I feel heaven here tonight. We've come to an hour. We've accepted it. It's the norm because TVs and billboards and internet promotes it. And we fashion our lives after the internet and TVs and the way that worldly, unregenerated crowd dresses. And we bring it into church and say, bless me with it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. God's looking for somebody that'll say, I'll live a separated life. I'll live a consecrated life. I'll live a devoted life. I will live to please you and not gratify my flesh. The pressure got to him. I said the pressure got to him. I'm, I'm about to close. Give me just about that much more time and I'll quit. David felt the pressure. Yeah, he did. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, he felt the pressure. 
and his men decided we, we're better off if we go over down into the Philistine territory. Kind of line up with them, running from Saul. They finally give him a place called Ziglag. They settle down. They're about to go to war. And his men go out to war. When they get there, they say, oh no, we're not going to let them fight with us. They might turn against us, send them back. When they get back to Ziklag, the enemies come in and burn the camp, taking their wives and their children. He feels the pressure. He feels the pressure. This is something I don't understand, and I see it in some church folks, and I just about cry my eyes out. Somebody's already going through a hard time, and somebody wants to just seem like push them a little further down. Say everything they can to hurt them, offend them, and they're doing all they can to survive. David is grieving. My wives, my children, my possessions are gone, and the men are blaming him and ready to stone him. He's in the same dilemma they're in. He feels the pressure of the loss. Don't know where they are. Don't know if they're alive or not. He hasn't heard from God yet. And the men want to stone him to death. It's all your fault that we're in this dilemma. But David, man that knew how to talk to God, said, bring me the ephod. Brought him the ephod. He inquired of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him and said, you go. He said, I'm going to give it all back to you. You're not going to lose a thing. See how David dealt with the pressure. He stopped and he prayed and said, God, what do I do with this? And God showed him. And God brought him out and God delivered him. The apostles felt the pressure in Acts 5. It said they performed many mighty miracles in the place. And the prison angel came and delivered them out of it because they were placed in the prison from performing many mighty miracles. And it said the angel delivered them out and brought them before the council. Can I just read a verse or two of this? Right here and then I'll close Acts chapter 5. It said they told him when they brought them to the council, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name and behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us? Then Peter and the other, other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. They felt the pressure. I said they felt the pressure, but they stood up. We ought to obey God rather than men. And you know all the uh, conversation from there on down to after Gamaliel. They said you better leave them alone. If they're of God, you'll be found fighting against God. And if it's not of God, it will come to naught. But I want to close with this verse. He said, and now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone for if it's of God it'll come to naught and it said lest, but if it be of God ye cannot overthrow it lest happily ye be found even to fight against God and to him they agreed and when they called the apostles they beat them and commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus let them go and they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing 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 not whining not crying not feeling sorry for themselves not trying to find somebody to blame not even blaming God they left that
council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name and it didn't shut them up and daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ they dealt with that pressure and God continued to use them I said God continued to perform miracles and God continued to work through them I'm closing come sister Stephanie and singers if you don't mind a young man was so fascinated with the moth until in his mind he said I just wonder what would happen as he found it in its little lava stage or in this little cocoon wonder what would happen instead of allowing that moth to struggle to come out of that if I released him so we took his pocket knife out slid it real carefully and the moth came out without a struggle of any sort whatsoever. And he said as he watched, he saw none of expected beautiful colors were on the moth. It could not fly, and then it wasn't long till the moth died. He realized that the pressure that the moth exerted on an emerging from the cocoon of that stage was necessary to properly develop, amen, to develop and even its very existence depended on it. Though the moth struggled, through the moth struggle to free itself, its body fluids are stimulated and the luster is developed on its wings and when it comes out after struggling against the enclosure, he's a beautiful butterfly. He lives, he flies, he does what he's supposed to do. You know what would happen to you and me if God took every struggle away from us? We never had any pressure, any stress. We'd never live by faith. We'd all be like some zombies sitting just mechanically performing. We'd have no life in us. Sister Nancy Thornton just came through a time and I know it was a serious time for her and Brother Thornton, but God brought her through. They felt the pressure of it, but God brought them through. She's cancer free, and I thank God for that. You can say tonight, if it hadn't been for God and struggle, I wouldn't be what I am today. I wouldn't have what I have. First Peter, as they get ready to sing, and you stand with me. First Peter 1 5 said, we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein, wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season, though now for a season if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We had preached revival at Ray, Georgia for Brother Steve Willingham. We drove home that Friday night after church. We got to Jackson, stopped at a pilot service station to get fuel and get a drink a little after 12 o'clock. 
Went in, came back, got in the car, went home, got home about three. I didn't miss anything until Monday. We were going, we had an appointment, I did too. And I have a little metal pouch. I keep all my credit cards, my social security card, my driver's license, my health insurance card. I mean, everything was in that little metal container. Look for it, couldn't find it. I mean, I searched, he searched. We looked, we couldn't find it. I almost had a panic attack. I said, well, let me call the Lisa company. I called, they said, there's a charge for some gasoline at Jackson. I said, we made that. And why he said this, I'll never know, but he said there's $151 that's charged in Jackson. I said, we didn't make that. And I told Brother Bauman when I hung up, my heart just sank. I said, oh no, I lost him. Somebody's already used my credit card, charged $151. They said, now that's the last posting, but we don't have just the current ones posted yet. I don't know what that meant, but anyway, he said, that, that was what he said to me. So I assumed it was lost, all of it lost. It was just like I handed somebody my identity, everything about me. They can ruin you if they get all your personal information, your cards. I mean, I was just about to panic. Sick, prayed, God help us. Lord, I don't know what to do. Went on, I prayed and prayed. Told Brother Roger, he and Sister Joan were praying along with us. And it seemed like the Lord just spoke to me one time when I was praying. There's not a thing you can do about it. There's not a thing you can do about it. So you've got to trust me that I'll take care of it for you. And that's the way it brought to me. And when, when he said that to me, I felt peace. Though I hated it, I could have whipped myself a million times over for losing all of that. Went on, that was all week. Went on to my next revival, Brother Eddie. Said, well, God, it's in your hands. Only what you permit will be done. What you don't permit won't be done. That's the way I looked at it. Then last week, I believe it was Monday, Thursday, maybe. I'm not sure what day. We got a desktop that has a slide-out drawer that has a keyboard on it. And I pulled it out because I was going to uh, print out something off of my computer, some tax information. going to print it out. There lay the little metal box. I had not lost it. You say, what about the $151? I don't know. I got my visa bill and it was not on there. I don't know what happened. I don't know if the man was mistaken. I don't know. All I know is God taught me a lesson. You know what I told him, Brother Blair, when I found it? I said, you could have allowed me or Brew One to have found that the very day we knew it was missing. We could have found it the next day instead of all that week going getting a new driver's license, a new social security card, getting a new health care card, new visa cards or whatever replacements. I said, you could have let us found it. You know why he didn't? He was teaching me. Linda, when you're in a situation and there's nothing you can do about it, don't let the pressure get to you. Put on my son, Toya, to don't let the pressure get to you. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to have a, a panic attack fall to pieces, eat your nails off to your elbows. 
It's not worth it to raise a white flag and say, I'm giving up, I'm quitting. It's not worth staying out of church, laying at home and going through deep, dark depression. It's not worth trying to find somebody to blame it on so you can feel better about yourself. I'll tell you what's worth it all. It's to learn to trust God when there's not one thing you can do about it. I feel heaven in this place tonight. For I am the Lord God that directs your steps. And I am the Lord God that covers you with my wings. I am the Lord God that is sufficient to bear you above all the dark clouds and the oppression of your enemy. If you will look to me and trust in me with all of your heart and stop leaning to your understanding and stop running to others so they can explain so you can find something from there. But look to me. I will show you my glory and I will show you my power as I bring you forth and you shall have all that you need to finish your journey. You and I, hand in hand, walking together, saith God. Yield not to the pressure or the stress, nor all that wants to break you down mentally, physically, and spiritually. But lift your heads in praise and thanksgiving, not just with your lips, but with your heart. Praise until your heart praises me. Thank me until your heart is grateful and overflowing with gratitude. Praise me and honor me and exalt me. And I will work things for you that you cannot work for yourself, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Raise a hand and thank you. Raise a hand and thank you. While they sing, who will be first to come to this altar? I feel the pressure, but I'm going for my help. I feel the stress, but I'm coming to that altar for my help. Men over here, ladies over here, somebody else want to come. If you don't feel it, you see somebody down here, don't sit back there. Come pray with them. Don't leave anyone down here praying without someone praying with them. Pray till they receive their help. Pray till God ministers to them. Say.